Hello there everybody, Sean Sheehan back here with another episode of The Sheehan Show as we look forward to the big card over in Moscow, Russia this week as Bellator 269 goes down with the legend Fedor Emelianenko in uh, the main event. And I suppose it was, it was a good weekend uh, for Bellator uh, all around. We had uh, um, you know, a pretty interesting main event with uh, Vadim Nimkov versus Julius Anglikis. Um, obviously, Anglicus knocked him down and almost knocked him out in the in the first round before Nimkov came back uh, with a great display to take that one in. Corey Anderson had a very very easy win in what it was. A, I'm looking here, 51 seconds against Ryan Bader just came out and countered Bader and knocked him out very very easily. Uh, so that sets up a fantastic finale there in the uh, the Bellator light heavyweight tournament. Uh, Brent Primus is putting himself right in line for a Bellator 155-pound shot. The fight we'll be talking about next week, uh, or maybe the week after, is it? It's, it's getting close anyway, uh, in, uh, here in, in Ireland, with uh, Waterford's own Peter Quealy uh, taking on uh, Patricky Pitbull for now vacant 155-pound title. Then with Henry Corrales up at 145, taking on Vladislav Patrushenko and winning that one uh, over decision. If you watched my betting show this week, uh, that was one of the bets given, and I've got four from five this week, so it's not bad. That'll be out again uh, uh, tomorrow for, uh, for this weekend, so I look forward to that. Carl Albrechtson as well got a good win there so uh, all in all you know a very successful card for Bellator on, even on the undercard Nick Brown their guy coming through the former LFA champion Lance Gibson Jr Jalen Bates all their kind of up and comers and as well Maria Henderson obviously the wife of Vincent Henderson got a win there so a good win or uh, you know, a winning weekend I would say for Bellator with the UFC maybe not being the best card in the world uh, so you know Bellator go on to next week with their next card, and that is Bellator 269, which goes down over in uh, in Moscow, in Russia, as I mentioned. And, you know, same as I said last week, it's uh, packed with lots of Russian fighters on the undercard, uh, and a big name, obviously, up at the top, uh, a very, very big name, but we, we will get to that very soon. So, uh, before I, I even get into this, apologies immediately for the uh, the pronunciations, which will be absolutely butchered here. But however, we will uh, we will get through it anyway. We will try our best. Uh, so the first fight I'm looking at here, and as well, uh, I, I there these uh, records. There's different records here in Shardog. There's different records in Wikipedia, on Bellator, and everywhere. So if my records are different to those of Shardog, look at the ones that are on screen, hopefully, here. And those are the correct records. So uh, the first fight on the um, on the ledger for Bellator 269 is a Federal Clash. I'm going to quickly run through the prelims, and I'll take a little bit more in-depth of one specific prelim and then the, uh, the main card uh, as well. Actually, a big. Uh, we'll start out with the, the fight that has fallen out, which is uh, a very, very big fight to follow out. Andre Karishkov versus Ruslan Habilov. Uh, I was looking at you know that fight, kind of breaking that down uh, a couple of days ago before it fell out, and that's a shame. You know, it would have been an absolutely fantastic fight, but uh, but however, we we will progress with, without it. Um, opening up the card will be Gadzi Radomanov, who's uh, you know twenty two fights, won eleven of them inside the distance, won eight of his last nine. Uh, he was in the PFL. I, I suppose a lot of people remember him from there. Beat Steven Seiler. Has missed weight a few times as well, though. He will fight Alexander Blinken 8 and 2, uh, who's won uh, six, six, uh, six of his wins by uh, by stoppage, won five of his last six. So that's a, a pretty good uh, pretty good matchup there in the in the featherweight division. Uh, then England's uh, Aiden Lee in the featherweight division, also 9 and 5. 
He's five wins by submission. Um, he's a rear naked choke over Ludovic Klein, who we saw at the weekend. You know, didn't didn't come out and uh, with the best performance there, but still, that's a pretty good win. Uh, he's fighting Alexander Ostrov, uh, who has eleven fights. Um, he's from the the gym of the school of art of Alexander Shlomenko, so uh, you know what kind of fighter he will be. Um, six decision two KOs. He's Bellator debut, and he's won his last three in a row. So you know, um, uh, you'll probably guess who the the crowd will be favoring in that one as well with the uh, with the Russia taking on uh, the Englishman there. Um, Cyril uh, Slidnikov in 12-2. and two. Uh, He's a win over, uh, this is the heavyweight division, everyone knows Beast Boy, Chris Bennett, who's in the UFC at the moment. One-on-one one in Bellator, fights out of Fedor's gym, um, and his nickname is Baby Fedor. So, uh, you know, you have to be a special type of fighter, I suppose, to get that sort of nickname. So he will be looking to put it on the... Um, uh, on the line here, and he's fighting uh, Rab Truzel, who's out of Scotland, I believe, 10-7-1, it's his Bellator debut, lost by rear naked chalk a couple of months ago, and to be honest, um, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a gimme matchup, there's a couple of these here for uh, for some of these fighters, but this is, is definitely one of them, uh, as well, at the in the heavyweight division, but look, in the heavyweight division, we, we, uh, we never know what's going to happen, um, uh, after that, then there's a welterweight bout. Uh, Gracias Bosnian, eleven and four out of Armenia, six wins by submission. Uh, he lost to Austin Vanderford. I suppose people would know him best for that. Uh, he's fighting uh, Alexei uh, Shurvich, twelve and four. Uh, he's won five in a row now, eight wins by KO, and it's on his Bellator debut. So he looks like a, a you know a pretty good uh, fighter coming through. Um, and you know that that could be a fun bout there at welterweight. Um, I'll skip back to the Brian Moore fight in a moment because I think Brian Moore is a guy who you know we need to pay a little bit more attention to a little bit biased here with the Irish side of it, but uh, I definitely think he is, and we will get back to that in a second. Um, then there's a women's flyweight fight. Um, Irene Alexev, or her nickname is the Russian Ronda Rousey. So we baby fade on the Russian Ronda Rousey. Uh, she's three and one, and her last win is by armbar. So you can get her. She guess where she got that nickname. Um, and she's fighting uh, Serena Leo Page, who's five and two, and her only stoppage loss is via armbar. So uh, could that be the finish there? We we will see, I suppose, on, on Saturday night. Um, then, then the next one, uh, the women's flyweight fight, um, Darina Madju, and you will remember her because she is the lady who beat up that really, really fat guy, uh, about maybe, when was it, maybe this time last year, it's hard to know what the road of these buds feel like fucking years, so, uh, you'll remember her by that, she's 3-1 with her last win, uh, or sorry, yeah, she's, uh, she's 3-1, all three wins against 0-0 fighters, and her, uh, her loss is to a 1-0 fighter, so, yeah, uh, it's hard to know how good she is when you're, you're fighting that sort of level, but it, that doesn't suggest it's it's the best uh, record in the world. She's fighting Katarinza uh, Sadura, who's four and four. She lost to Sinead Kavanagh, who obviously is fighting for the the title next out of Ireland. So uh, that's uh, there's no loss uh, or, or no shame in that one. So you know that's that's a good test uh, from Madzu. So we we'll see what she's made of fighting someone with eight fights. You know four wins. That's probably the best opponent of her career. So we we'll see uh, we'll see where she's going because she has that bit of fame um for from that viral video from last year. So we can see um. I suppose we'll see what she can do with it and we can see if she can put it into like a, a real career with with a bit of longevity. Um and then in the lightweight division, Vladimir Tokov, who's the brother of Anatoly, who we'll talk about uh, later on, the main main card even. Uh he lost last time out to go six and one. He's fighting Armand Guy, who uh beat Chris Bungard, lost to Colin Fletcher. He's twenty eight fights, he's been around for a long, long time. Uh, so that's a big test for for him as well. Uh so all in all, you know, not not a standout undercard. I think the undercard from last week there was a lot of 
good prospects coming through, even if they weren't in the toughest matchups and maybe, you know, they weren't the, the best fights in the world in terms of fighter A versus fighter B, but maybe it was a fighter A versus, you know, fighters A in, in some cases. Um, but we don't really have much of it here. I don't think it's the best undercard in the world. Obviously, losing the big fight I mentioned earlier was uh, was a bit of an issue because a couple were moved. Obviously, one was moved up as well. But um, yeah, look, we see. I think Vladimir Tokov might be a good guy coming through. A definitely guy to look out for. Uh, that Bosnian versus Shurovich fight as well. I don't think that will be bad. So I don't, those to look out to, to look out for. But definitely to me, the standout here, and you know, even all bias aside, I think Brian Moore. He is the standout player on on the uh, the undercard. You know, he is he was ranked when the Bellator rankings started, the Bantamweight rankings. He's won one at least one, if not two fights since then, and he's fallen out of the rankings somehow. And uh, he's fighting and uh, Nikita Mylov. Um, he hasn't fought in about two years. Nikita, uh, very good wild spinning striker, strong top game, but not not an insane. Uh, not an insane takedown game or not an insane top game. Uh, he's cut up and badly in his last uh his last fight. Uh, very kind of open jujitsu guard. R- reminds me a little bit of maybe a more kickboxing heavy Bryn Primus. You know he likes uh he likes a bit of jujitsu. He'll he will go there with you know his open guard and try to submit you when it goes to the ground. But throws spinning wild stuff and brian moore if anyone has seen him fight over the last while he has just become like one of the most technical fighters we've seen in this part of the country or this part of the world even in a long time you know his last couple of wins jordan winsky who's a strong american wrestler he just took him apart really for three rounds simone aldana knocked him out with a right hook in the second round very good and did you know a, a demolition job over uh, san Lebin. Uh, back in 2019 as well. So unfortunately for Brian, he's only been able to really get one fight a year over the last while. You know, he's supposed to fight Eric Perez. That fell through. I think there was a coronavirus issue as well. Jared Scoggins' fight fell through. And you know, the kind of, the name fights have really fallen through for Brian Moore. And that's probably why he has kind of fallen out um, of the rankings or maybe, you know, the, the rankings adjusted after the first ones. But he deserves to be in there. There isn't a shadow of a doubt in my mind that Brian Moore deserves to be in that top 15 rankings. Like if you even go back, I know it's four years ago, no, but his fight against AJ McKee was I think AJ McKee has said it since it's the toughest fight of his career Brian Moore is that good he puts it on him you know okay he lost to Noah Lahat and AJ McKee in Bellator but other than that for the last and, and you know Daniel Weichel as well who's obviously a very good fighter but other than that it's it, those are only good names he's he's losing to there you know he, he's won other two Bellator fights in the middle of that he fought a couple of times in Bama Tommy McCafferty a very good guy on, on the scene here he beat him and you know Brian Moore is one of these guys and I've spoken about this to, to the guys who've even been covering MMA longer than me here in Ireland. You know, he fought all the way back in 2011 against Andy Young, who's a very, very good guy uh, on, on the scene around here as well. He fought Mike Wilkinson, you know, who's fought all over the world uh, in, in many big fights as well. Very young in his career. And he was one of the guys that was there with the likes of Conor McGregor, Cahill Pinder, Paddy Hewlin in the, the old SPG gym in the early days. He's really paid his dues. And maybe he's one of those guys that... You know, he isn't as maybe outward on Instagram and he isn't doesn't talk as much and he doesn't, you know, get as much recognition as the, as the other people or isn't known as much as other people. But he's as put in more as much, if not more work than all of, all of those people. And uh, to me, he's in his prime right now. And this is the time where Brian Moore needs to, to go to the next level. I know it's no easy feat. Uh, Mikhailov is in his home turf here. 
Uh, he'll be looking to, to get the win. You know, Bellator aren't putting Brian Moore in with a Russian guy in Russia for Brian Moore to win that fight. Let's put it that way. And I'm sure Brian Moore will have that in the back of his head. And he'll have that chip on his shoulder coming into that fight. So uh, this is a big, big matchup for him. Without a shadow of a doubt, the standout uh, fight on the prelims. And the one I think, you know, all bias aside, you, you should be definitely looking out for uh, in that one. Um, so yeah, very, and I think it'll be a good fight as well. You know, if you haven't seen Brian Moore, he's... His hands are just fantastic. You know, he actually broke his hands a couple of times over the last few years. But he has turned into like a really, really good boxer. He does a lot of training by himself at home. He lives in Wexford, which is, I don't know, a two-hour drive maybe from Dublin, where he obviously trains with John Cavanagh and SPG. Um, so he used to do a lot of training by himself at home. And I think you know, hitting the bag and doing different things has really improved his game. He's, he, you know, himself, he has said it, and I've interviewed him before, and John Cavanaugh said it as well, that he's kind of a, a test guy, you know, a test uh, piece for that sort of training, and it seems to have been working well so far. So, you know, that mixed with the wild striking of Mikhailov, very fun fight, and I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So we won't dwell on that for, for too long. But, uh, yeah, that should be a fun fight. Then opening up the main card. I'm actually not sure. Bellator sent out a press release, but, you know, fights get moved around. So I think this is opening up the card. It is um, Anatoly Tokov against uh, Sharaf. Uh, I'm going to go with Sharaf. Da- Davlamorodov, okay? Davlamorodov. Let's go with that. Um, I suppose we all know Anatoly Tokov... Well, me anyway, and I suppose a lot of MMA fans from the the Fedor fight with uh, Maldonado a few years ago, where it had that, you know, there was a lot of madness on that card, but it had... um the mad commentator, and he kept going, Anatoly Tokov, Anatoly Tokov, and everyone kind of remembered him, and he's a damn good fighter as well, don't get me wrong, he's only lost three times, two of them were to Magomed Karimov, and Ramzam Imayev, which we saw at the weekend, you know, he's a, he's a good fighter, he didn't go for him at the weekend, but we know how good Magomed Karimov is, um, he's beaten Shaminko, he's beaten Gerald Harris, 16 KOs, 7 submissions in his career, and uh, watching his fight against Gerald Harris, uh, I think it was that one, yeah, he almost got knocked out, but then came back, and he's just tough, and Anatoly Tokov is one of these guys where you don't want to get into a brawl with him, because he has such power in those hands, he has literally switched you off power in those hands, so, so good, now he can get got to two, and he does get hit, as you know, we saw in that fight, where he almost got uh, got knocked out, so, uh, look, if you're a harder hitter than him, and if you have that that ability, by all means, go into it. But if you don't, and if you think you're not going to win that war, Anatoly Tokov is probably not the guy to be gone in there with. So, uh, you know, the Russian crowd will be behind him too. Um, and that, that look, he, his opponent, you know, Sharaf is not a, not a bad fight either. He's beaten the likes of Brett Cooper, we've seen obviously a lot uh, in Bellator, Benny Alloway, we've seen in the UFC. It's his Bellator debut, but he's 13 finishes. Um, his fight versus uh, De Jesus was absolutely mad. I was watching that. It was just, a crazy back and forth. He's a well-rounded guy as well. You know, he's a guy that if you go mad, he will take you down. You know, he will dip under and try to take you down. And if Tokov goes too wild in this fight, that's definitely something I could see. I could see Tokov, um, you know, fo- falling foul of that. And, you know, he's good wrestling and everything himself. But uh, if, if Sharaf, you know, if Tokov gets too wild and if he is smart, I think he will take it there, you know, because getting into a wild fight with Tokov as I mentioned isn't exactly what you don't want to do. And if you have that wrestling, if you have that intelligence to take it to the wrestling realm, then by all means you should do it. So that that should be fun, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing that fight. Doesn't you know? There's some 
there, there is some good matchups on this, and that is I'm I'm looking here. It is it is opening up the card. So um, the next one here um on the card is a catchweight bout between uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, uh, who's obviously Habib's cousin, and Patrick uh, Paitila, uh, who <laughs> is I, I'll start with Paitila. Sometimes you watch a fighter, right? And you watch Usman or Magomedov, you watch Anatoly Tokov, even Sharaf. I was watching a bit of it, and you see like some really good parts of their game. Maybe how, maybe they're not as good as their opponent, but you see how maybe they could hurt their opponent. Maybe they're very good leg kicks, um, and different, you know, different parts of their game that might not always stack up to someone else, but might cause a little bit of trouble in some ways. Watching uh, Paitilla, um. I don't see much there. Now, what I do see, right, what I do see, he hits hard. Definitely hits hard. I watched a couple of his fights, and I watched kind of a compilation of, of some of his uh, some of his best moments. And without a shadow of a doubt, he hits hard. But he is wide open for strikes, just wide open to be hit. Every time he throws a punch, it feels like he gets hit. And as I said, I mentioned with Tokov as well, that's grand if you hit a lot harder than him. And he does with most people, but he's fighting Usman or Magomedov here. Um... Paitila hasn't fought in two years. He's very game. Look, he's very game without a shadow of a doubt. Very good in the clinch and hits hard. But to me, this is a this is a complete mismatch. You know, it really is. Um, I, I, depending on what, what bet nods are out by the time the my betting show comes out, uh, I think I'll definitely be looking at Usman and Magomedov here uh, inside the distance if he isn't an absolutely insane price altogether. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, Habib's cousin... He fights at a much more slow pace, though, than Habib, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Habib fights at such a bad pace. There's very few people in the world who you would probably advise to do that. He's also a very good striker, very technical, throws a lot of question mark kicks, lovely hooks to the body. I, that's one of my favorite things to see. You know, I see a lot of those guys throwing the, like, the, the lead hand uppercut to the face, you know, that wide open punch, and they just get countered every time. But when you see people throwing... You know, if they have the very good wrestling as well, or if they're not finding a jiu-jitsu expert and don't want to get in close, those people who throw that beautiful left hook to the body and get you, like, dig you into the liver and step away. It's a beautiful shot, and he throws that shot really, really well. He's so strong as well. He can just throw people to the floor. Uh, he does get taken down himself the odd time <clears throat> because he's so relaxed. The Mike Hamill fight uh, was, was a, a bit of that as well. So, like... There, Usman Magomedov isn't the the best fighter in the world right now. Could he become that? Uh, it's hard, you know. You couldn't rule him out, absolutely. Uh, but there are there are certain ways to to get to him. Does Paitilla have any of those ways to get to him? I don't think so. Look, unless he hits him with a big shot, does he have a puncher chance? Absolutely, absolutely. But that is a that to me is a very 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 small chance. And uh, you know, I'm not giving my picks here per se, but. My biggest Usman or Magomedov to win this fight by a country mile. I just think he is far, far and away better. And, um, you know, a very exciting prospect. You know, a lot of people watch these cards maybe to see the next prospect coming through, to see who the next guy is. And I love, I, I personally love, like at, at the weekend, Norma Dumont fought uh, against Aspen Ladd. And people were kind of giving out after the second round and even on the commentary that she wasn't up on the pace and she wasn't, you know, taking that fight away from Ladd a little bit more. But I think the technical kind of jabbing masterpiece she'd been on, and literally was just a jabbing masterpiece for a lot of it, I thought that was lovely. I'm a big fan of a jab. And Nurmagomedov, to me, is one of those people who, he do, he does more than that. He will do more than, than Dumont did in, in that fight. But he also kind of does what he needs to, and he knows 
what he needs to do as well, which is very, very important thing when you're fighting in <laughs> in a in a barely ruled uh, uh, fist fight. And um, I, I I love his technique. I think he's a very, very good technical fighter. And as mentioned, those question mark kicks, the one twos down the middle, hooks to the body. I feel like it's going to be a tough night uh, for Patrick Paitilla. And uh, yeah, look, he's happy to be there anyway. I'm sure. But um, that's uh, that's it for that fight uh, and then we have two obviously heavyweight fights to close out the uh the main card we have vitaly minikov taking on Syed soma um i, I you know I, I talked about the last fight and i said they're they're very different you know um i i couldn't find two different more different heavyweights than vitaly minikov and Syed soma soma's one of those guys he waits and waits and waits he trusts his power now sometimes that gets him a knockout win and he absolutely destroys someone and sometimes it gets him a unanimous decision loss like it did against Tyrell Fortune. I watched that fight and I was like, when's he gonna draw a punch? It was one of those ones. Especially for the first round, I was like, when's this guy gonna draw a punch? He just didn't. And in the, the Honey Marks fight, um, he was more attacking in that fight and he got the KO and now whether that's a switch or whether that's a realization looking back at all your fights that you need to be more attacking, or whether that's a realisation that, look, once I do pick my shots, and once I can land that power, this guy is going out, whoever I'm fighting, we will see, like, Soma's still very, very young in his career, let me just look here, uh, how many fights is he, 7-2, and two, 9 fights, fighting someone like Minikov, who is, okay, 23 fights, but he's a lot more experienced than 23 fights, which suggests, in my opinion, um, and I, I, I just think... If you're on the side of Soma, you're thinking he has to be, you know, okay, Minikov has to be perfect not to get hit. But Soma it lets so much of the fight time go waiting to land his shot. It just gives his opponent so many more, so much more time and so many more opportunities to, to do his work, especially at heavyweight. And Minikov, honestly, watching him back, I think Minikov might be the most under heavy, underrated heavyweights of a generation. He's such a good fighter it's just brilliant throws hard to get into the clinch and get takedowns threw tim johnson around who we'll talk about in a minute he literally threw him down threw him around like a baby he's serious power hurt johnson um of a stretched backhand yeah watching that fight he literally he kind of jabbed into range and he kind of fell as he was kind of throwing the jab but not necessarily fell but he uh, johnson kind of got out of range and he threw the right hand completely not necessarily completely off balance, but completely kind of out of the range from where you'd want to throw the right hand. And he still knocked him out with it. Just insane. He's a jab KO on his record. Very athletic, very good ground and pound. Like Vitaly Minikov, I know he's been around for a good while and he's gotten a lot of adulation. And people speak about him as a very good fighter, but I think he's right up there. Really do think he's right up there. And I would love to see him fighting at the very top level again. Uh, and, you know, fighting for the title. Is Bader still champion? I, I did my preview last week and I totally forgot that Bader is still the... the uh, the Bellator heavyweight champion. There's someone else, a light heavy or uh, an interim champion. I can't keep up with Bellator and all their titles and all their, you know, their uh, <laughs> their tournaments and all of this. So, uh, but Minikov definitely should be back there, even if he's not with Bellator. I'd love to see him in the UFC fighting. You know, oh, there's so many great fights. I'd love to see him fight someone like a Derek Lewis or uh, loads of other people. So I know he's fought. Uh, was it Valkov he fought as well before? Um, you know, he's some some very, very good uh, good wins in his square. Like, looking at some of them, he beat Tim Johnson last time. Okay, lost to Czech Congo, but he's beaten uh, the likes of Antonio Silva, DJ Linderman, who 30 fights at the time, beating Czech Congo back in the day. Yeah, he beat Volkov. 
you know, so he's fighting all the way back, you know, since 2010. And that's a that's a guy who's uh, who's seen a hard road and been around for a long time and only lost one, only lost one fight. That's crazy. Absolutely incredible. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing him. And, um, you know, this will prove a lot for Soma if he is what maybe Bellator think he is. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think Minikov will win this one, but uh, we will uh, we will see how that goes on, on, on Saturday as well. Uh, and in the main event, Fedor Emelianenko versus Tim Johnson. I think a lot of people said when this was announced, me included, that they were a little bit shocked that this fight was, um, you know, was actually announced and this fight was actually going to happen. Um, like looking at Fedor over the last while, his his record beat Rampage Jackson, lost to Ryan Bader, beat Chelsea and Frank Mir, lost to Matt Mitrion, beat Fabio Maldonado and Jaideep Singh after his comeback. So, you know, if you're right off Jaideep Singh over that, you know, Maldonado, a guy who fought a light heavyweight for most of his career, Mitrion of the same kind of era of, as Fedor, Chelsea and a middleweight, uh, kind of of that era as well, maybe a little bit later, but he was, Chelsea was at the, the touching end of his career, I think, and Rampage of the Fedor era as well, almost fighting at super heavyweight at this stage, you know, so the two lost to Bader and Mitrion. Fedor has been losing to those guys and not the guys of his vintage. I was wondering, like, and I think a lot of people are like, why didn't he fight a guy of his vintage? Like, even if it was a Josh Barnett, and I think Josh Barnett's probably maybe the toughest matchup of that vintage, you know, with other guys, maybe an Arlovsky, you know, in the UFC, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but there's there's definitely a name out there, and I think Barnett was the one, you know, a Rampage rematch is probably not going to happen, or Vanderlei is probably not going to happen at this stage of, of everyone's careers, but I just feel like Tim Johnson is not the name everyone wanted and a big reason as well why a lot of people didn't want it is that tim johnson has a great chance of winning this fight because tim johnson's a very good fighter and you know fedor oh, talking about hard roads you know he's been around for what 44 fights okay he's only lost six of them but he's had 45 years of age he's almost had oh god what is it 20 years of fighting under his his belt it just feels like this is maybe not the one to end it all. And obviously, this is a retirement fight for Fedor, you know. We know retirement's in MMA, but the matchmaking itself for a retirement fight for Fedor's last fight, I don't like it. I, I wish it was someone else. I wish it wasn't Tim Johnson. But having said that, I don't think it's the worst fight in the world. I think, you know, if you look at Fedor over the last while, he hasn't looked that bad. But he, and as I mean, I'll say it again, he was he's only really doing well when he's fighting the legends even against the in the Chael Son fight he got really tired in that fight it's only that Chael kind of screwed himself up and gave Fedor you know top position a couple of times and handed Fedor the fight I think you know against someone maybe a little bit more skilled uh or, or you know maybe a little bit bigger at the at the heavyweight weight class he probably would have lost that fight but um he looked very tired very tired when he wrestles or he's put into any situation like that but when he goes in there and he throws those shots he he throws it reckless abandon like the Fedor of 15 years ago or 10 years ago or whenever it was. He still has that. He can still go in and throw it. He's not afraid to let his hands go. He still has that power. And if he catches Tim Johnson in the first 10 minutes of this fight, or maybe not 10 minutes, but 5 minutes of this fight, he could put him out and he probably will put him out. Um, but Johnson in on the other end, he's a southpaw. He, he does move around uh, a lot in terms of uh, fighting southpaw and orthodox. 
He also moves around a lot, just generally. I think he's a very good athlete for the uh, for the division, despite his size and maybe his awkward kind of look. Uh, they mentioned on commentary one of the fights I was listening to. He's a two-time All-American Division Two champion. Um, we don't see that much wrestling from him, but he is good in the clinch and he is good wrestling. Um, he he is the, the guy as well, right? We talked about Federer coming out and throwing reckless abandon. Tim Johnson will counter everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. You know, he will counter every attack that is thrown in him. If Fedor throws 10 shots, Tim Johnson will be throwing at least 10 back. You know, he is one of those guys that it, there isn't too much thought put into it, you know. And and I'm, when I, that's, that's unfair. There isn't put too much thought put into will I counter or won't I counter. The answer is yes. There's a lot of thought put into how he counters and, you know, what he's hitting guys with, absolutely. But uh, he's not shy about it. You know, he's not shy about it. So that's why I think this fight, and that's that's the most important thing as well, this fight's going to be a fun fight, this, especially that first round. Because I can't see a fight where Fedor fights over in Moscow and his retire, retirement fight, and he doesn't come out and go balls out and throws shots. I can't see that. Uh, so I think that will happen. And I do think Tim Johnson only knows how to fight one way. Now, he might try to take that in there, but he is going to throw counters and he's going to go hell for leather in there with Federer and Linko. And, you know, we've seen Federer down the years. There's probably better people on Sherdog to talk about Federer and Linko's legacy than uh, a young upstart who was probably about 12 when Federer was, <laughs> was in his pomp. But no, I've gone back and watched all those fights and you could see how good of a fighter Federer was. Um, and you can still see bits of it in his game over the last couple of years. Obviously, when you're 45 years of age, you're not going to have that pop. You're not going to have that that speed that a legend like Fedor had in his pomp when he was an athletic heavyweight that maybe didn't look athletic. But we see a lot of those guys today fighting in MMA that maybe don't look that athletic, but are fan look or even look at Tyson Fury in boxing as well. Don't look like the most athletic person in the world, but God, by God, when you put uh, put them in there with a pair of gloves on and put someone else against them, they're very, very hard to beat. And that's what Fedor was for years and years and years. And if this truly is his last one, what a legend. He will go down in this sport, win or lose on Saturday night, as one of the GOATs, you know, one of the greatest of all time, one of the best to ever do it. And Bellator, you know, they, they talk a lot and they probably say he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. We can, you know, we can debate that till the cows come home. But if you don't see Fedor as one of the best to ever do it, regardless of weight class, or one of the most important fighters to ever do it, regardless of the, the fact he never fought in the UFC, you're just, you're just wrong. You know, Fedor, a legend, will always be a legend. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him fight for one last time this Saturday night. That's it for me, Sean Sheehan here for Shardog.com. I hope you enjoyed this, and I'll see you all next time.